But I've uh, long been a uh, an anarchist. In fact, I've been an anarchist since 1971. I don't believe that government as an institution serves a useful purpose. Mm. Which is very similar, right, to the concepts um, highlighted in, in V for Vendetta. Is, is that correct? Yes, very much. And I, V for Vendetta was a story with a, a happy ending. I'm not sure, although uh, something like that's going to happen, probably in many places around the world over the next generation. Uh, I'm not convinced that it'll have uh, as presumably a happy ending as V for Vendetta did. Solipsism is a uh, a philosophical approach that, uh, and there are many variations of it, but it basically holds that the world is an illusion Mm. and it's all in your head. Nothing is real and you create your own reality or reality is the common creation of all of the people on the planet. Right. Uh, So that's, there's a lot more to it than that, but that's it in a nutshell. Uh, is the reason for many years I've been uh, counseling anybody that asks me about this subject uh, and, and telling them that unless you need to the formal discipline of a, a science or mm. engineering or you need a piece of paper in order to practice law or something like that, you shouldn't go to college. Mm. In today's world, it's a misallocation of at least four years of your time and a great deal of your money that you can do something much more intelligent with. So um, this is part of what you were just saying about uh, creating your own reality. And I don't believe in being processed in lockstep through uh, educational institutions, which are, uh, I think, counterproductive in today's world in many ways. You, yeah. you, should be edu- you should be educating yourself as opposed to going to some very expensive and usually corrupt institution to be programmed, uh, although everybody has a lot of unrealized potential, the fact is, is that most people are uh, just robots and don't think about what they're doing in life. So getting back to what, James, what, what Moore had in, uh, I forget, The Watchman. Yes. Everybody ought to try to become Dr. Manhattan, mm. if you'll recall that who actually becomes God at the end of the, at the, end of the novel. Not that I believe in God, but, you know, the concept, kind of. Well, we could talk about the markets, but, you know, that's really just a matter of opinion. There's people that are, it's going up, it's going down, they have uh-huh. reasons, but nobody knows. I can't predict the future from that point of view. So, uh, talking, <laughs> about, talking, talking about philosophy is often... Uh, in fact, it's always much more interesting and more valuable than, you know, just uh, uh, talking about uh, trying to figure out which way the markets are going to go. I've got opinions on the markets too, but uh, uh, everybody's got one. So, are they really worth listening to? I don't know. Yes, that's right. It, what about in terms of like your uh, school of thought for markets? I mean, there's many different ways to assess them. Sometimes it's connected to an economic paradigm as well. Um, what are your thoughts of, of ways in which people can rationally speculate? What, what tools are we needing to use for rational speculation? Well, from an economic point of view, I'm a member of the Austrian school 
And uh, that means, uh, among other things, that I'm very free market oriented. Mm-hmm. I said earlier when we, were, we first started talking that I don't believe that uh, government serves a useful purpose uh, in the world from either uh, an ethical or a practical point of view. Uh, I'm opposed to the uh, institution of the state on every basis. And uh, if, if we hadn't institutionalized the state the way it is since the Industrial Revolution, my, my view is that men would already be colonizing the outer planets of this solar system, and perhaps we'd be making our way to um, other stars in the galaxy because uh, the state has retarded human progress uh, immensely. So uh, that's the way I see things from uh, an economic point of view. But Mm. since that's not the world we live in, uh, you're wise to use the distortions uh, and misallocations of capital that the state causes so that uh, you can profit from these things individually, uh, even while it's uh, destroying capital in general. Mm. I mean, it creates bubbles and uh, things like that that hopefully will uh, uh, allow you to do better than the average bear. It's incumbent upon you to have as broad and deep a range of knowledge as you possibly can. In other words to not just know something about what you do for a living, but to know as much as possible about everything from ancient history to, to uh, nuclear physics to uh, geography to geology, to, to try to have uh, knowledge about all aspects of human existence. Why? As far as the markets are concerned and investing. Uh, because... It's only with that knowledge that you have the perspective to make an intelligent decision and decide what to do, Mm. uh, to tell whether something is cheap or dear and whether you should buy or sell. You know, I try to put that theory into practice, and it's not, not easy to put the theory into practice. Things are always only clear in retrospect, of course, but at the moment, I'm not sure exactly where to go or what to do in the markets. We're in a little bit of a twilight zone Mm. because uh, we're facing something that's unique in world history where there are actual uh, bond markets, not just uh, anomalous thing. We're we're talking about uh, across the board in some countries. Bonds have negative yields. I thought that was cosmically impossible. It was like (laughs) anti-gravity. You know, we do have a bubble today in the bond markets. Uh, they're a gigantic ap- accident that's waiting to happen. They're a triple threat to your capital. Mm. I feel pretty confident about that. I'm not sure what to think about most stock markets. At least they rec- represent equity. Right. I'm not sure what to think about most real estate markets because they rest upon uh, borrowed capital at extraordinarily low interest rates. Uh, So we really are in a twilight zone today, and uh, I really believe that um, the situation in the world is much, much more serious now than it was in 2007 uh, or 2008. And when things come undone, and I don't know when it's going to be, I'd 
hazard this year or next year for sure, but it could be as soon as tomorrow morning. Right. I think things are coming unglued as we speak. This is going to be cataclysmic and titanic, the upset. I own a lot of real estate. Mm-hmm. I own cows here in Argentina, lots of cows, mm-hmm. cattle businesses, not rewarded anybody for several generations, but I think that'll change. And in the meanwhile, uh, every other year, every mama cow has a baby cow, and every or twice a day, my milk cows, mm-hmm. you know, produce some uh, lactile liquid. So that's okay. I have a, a development here in Argentina that is um, we have about fifteen hundred acres on the edge of a, a wine, little wine growing town in the middle of nowhere. Wow, where you can. Um, kind of live uh, in the lap of luxury uh, for very low costs and hopefully insulated from what's likely to go on in the rest of the world. So Mm. I'm I'm doing things of that nature. Am I doing anything in the stock market right now? Uh, The only thing that I can see as being cheap, yet it may stay cheap for quite a while longer, is the resource market, the mining stocks. Right. Historically, you can't really invest these things. You can only speculate uh, in them because they, um, they're all burning matches or most of them are burning matches. I mean, so I'm, I'm doing that because a lot of them are actually selling for half of the cash they have in the bank. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty cheap. Absolutely. I'm a big believer in gold because gold is the only financial asset that is not simultaneously somebody else's liability. Mm. And in a world where all of the currencies all of them. They're all fiat currencies. They're all IOU nothings on the part of bankrupt governments uh, and profligate central banks. Uh, yes, I think that gold is again going to be reinstituted as day-to-day money in the next uh, generation. So I think it's an excellent way to uh, conserve capital. So yes, I, I'm a, a believer in uh, precious metals. So what is the most efficient way, by the way, that you hold precious metals? There's so many different ways and methodologies, and especially I'm imagining if you're in Argentina, then is is it physical, or how how do you do it? Well, yeah, physical. I I want coins in my possession. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your uh, your biggest risk in the markets today is a political risk. Uh, The market risks in all the markets are, are huge today. But they're dwarfed by the political risk, so you don't want all your assets in one country, certainly not the country that you carry a passport from. Right. So uh, being here in Argentina, uh, anybody with any sense, and I have a lot of stuff in Argentina, mm-hmm. but you diversify into Uruguay across the Plate River and other places. So you've got to have that political diversification. And there are things like goldmoney.com. Uh, that uh, allow you to store gold in different places around the world. Um, so, sure, I, I do all kinds of things like that. Yes, of course, and, and you shouldn't have a mortgage against your house. Everybody does, and it, it, maybe it's intelligent. I think it is today. In today's world, it's intelligent to have a mortgage against your house because if you can borrow money at 3 or 4 or 5%, whatever it is, that, that liability which is your mortgage, is actually going to become an asset as it's inflated out of existence right. uh, by the government. So everything is topsy-turvy. Everything is upside down in today's world. But uh, people forget 
that it was only up until the 1930s that uh, few people had mortgages on their houses. They, they bought their houses when they could afford them. Right. In other words, when they had the cash. That's not how you know if you can afford something, if you can buy it for cash. If you have to borrow, you actually can't afford it. And you're speculating in something without even knowing you're speculating in it. I mean, this is one of many reasons I expect that uh, you know, most people are going to uh, be very unpleasantly surprised in the years to come. Why don't you elaborate a little bit more on that and what you think the, are the implications are for, for this student debt? Well, of course, most of, as, as we talked about earlier, I, I counsel kids in high school to do something more intelligent with uh, those four valuable years of their lives and the immense amount of money it takes to, uh, to go to uh, an institution to be programmed. But, um, I mean, that's, that's my view on it. It's just people go to college because they think it's going to teach them how to think. It's ridiculous. Uh, if they knew how to think before they went to college, they wouldn't go to college to start with. Right. I do know that in the real world, action has consequences, cause has effect, yeah. and it's, it's going to be very ugly what's going on. And, I mean, for instance, I, I look forward to the collapse of the U.S. government and many other governments, but right. I don't say that lightly because in 1789, I would have looked forward the collapse of the French government. Right. But things got worse then with Robespierre and then Napoleon. Yes. And if I'd lived in uh, Russia in 1917, I would have looked forward to the collapse of the, the Tsar's government. But then things got worse with one and then with Alan. So it's not going to be pleasant. Is China the kind of successor that the world would... Um need at that time. Uh, we, we discussed about the fall of the Roman Empire and how basically barbarians were at the gate um, as, as a potential successor as well. So what are your thoughts on, on China and, and their role? And do you think that they would be making the right kind of, um, I guess, superpower within the world? Well, the first thing about China is I hope that it breaks up into at least five or six or ten different countries. Mm -hmm. I mean, because as, as you're aware, I mean, not everybody in China, well, maybe everybody does now, but the mother language of perhaps most people in China isn't Mandarin Chinese, and there are many different areas of China and cultures. So I hope it breaks up into several different countries Right. So it doesn't have, so it doesn't run the risk of uh, becoming an empire. In fact, I hope that uh, the area of North America known currently as the United States breaks up into at least six or seven different countries. And mm -hmm. I think it'll happen. Actually, I think it's in course. In 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 fact, it's happening now. Even in the United States, uh, the uh, Hispanic people talk about the Reconquista. Right. of the land that the uh, Anglos uh, stole from their culture back in the middle of the uh, 19th century. Right. And they're taking it back demographically. So I don't think China is going to survive as an entity. Yet I don't think the U.S. will either. And good riddance to both. Quantitative easing. Idiocy. Doomed to failure. Oil. Mm. Currently very necessary. Okay. Don't know where the price is going. Ooh. 
That that definitely was a sentence. <laughs> Platinum. Gold is better. That's a phrase. Well, that is a short sentence. Mm-hmm. The best investment. Best investment. Doesn't exist. War. Coming. Currency war. We have it now. Theology. Uh, ridiculous. Economic prosperity. Hopefully in a generation. Hmm. Success. A personal thing. This conversation. A great pleasure, Peter. Thank you. Thank you, Doug, for coming on the show.